All right, y'all, light the chat up. Drop a one if you can hear my voice. We got some troopers with us today. Some of y'all are like eight sessions in. <laughs> I'm standing with my chest too. Eight sessions in and y'all still here. I see so many ones. Some of y'all dropping all the ones. I see you, Jazz. I see you, Raven. Um, such a perfect transition to where we are now because, because we are about to talk about digital Black Wall Street and that's us. Right. Um, I, first of all, am excited to talk with this sister right here. She is super, super fire. We met during the Blaze Virtual Summit last year in December when she spoke. I fell in love because I never met a banker that was as cold as me. I mean that for real. <laughs> and she is. Um, so we've decided to start a project called Project Black Wall Street. But I want to digital project digital Black Wall Street. But I want to tell you all this in the summit in December. And it'll always be this way. It was about. Lightening your load at the end of the year, telling everybody else to be quiet, to telling you to keep trying and take it the last stretch of the way and you got to do more. No, it was about literally learning how to decompress. You founder, you business owner, you CEO, you mompreneur, right? But baby, every June we turn it up, okay? So we got work to do and we got six more months to do it. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to stop there. Um, what's up, Lindsay? Hello, my sister. It is so, so, so good to see you. Listen, you had a power pack day already. I was just tuned into the last session. Phenomenal. It was crazy. It, it's the perfect transition to this conversation. And I hope everybody Perfect. else is excited too. Y'all get excited. Okay, because Lindsay and I have a, a big announcement. Um, we have decided to um, start a podcast, right? To document our journey in the same way that Kanye documented his, right? Because the world will not only know our names, right? We are going to be, uh, I would say a driver and a control force in currency and business. I'm talking about globally for every everybody, everything. Um, and this is episode number one. This is episode number one, live during the summit. So y'all will be a part of this, um, et cetera. Uh, so we want to introduce this project. Um, this will be on Spotify, Apple, all the things, right? This is literally uh, history right now. Uh, but Lindsay, let's 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 get them oriented. Um, I think even before we start and tell them who we are, because that's important too. Um, I love to hit on this this the why behind Digital Black Wall Street, right? Um, because when they tell us our history in their words, they want us to hear about the bombings and the massacre and the deaths, you know, and we don't hear about the culture and the richness that, you know, all there was, right, which we about to build again, right? So um, what would you say, you know, the symbolism of Digital Black Wall Street is for you? And, and how did you view, how would you view in your head if you had to imagine what it was like back in 1921, you know? Uh, what would you say? It's an ecosystem, right? It's mm -hmm. it, it puts me in the mind of FUBU for us by us, right? Building a community where we can thrive using our own resources. Our right? own. When we think about just how we operate right now, so many of our people, we are looking for someone else to come in and save us, someone else to create solutions to our problems. Back then, when we had our Black Wall Street, right, we created those solutions for ourselves, right? So we had the infrastructures, we had the, the pharmacies, right? We had the doctors, we had our real estate professionals, right? We, every one of us believed in our own ability to create this space 
for our community. Because one thing that we can't forget is that we know best how to take care of our people. And that's what they did. They created this space for us to take care of us, for us to provide opportunities for us. And it wasn't just one one sided. Right. It was a family dynamic. Right. You had husbands, wives. Right. You had children who were involved in creating this space, this community for all of us to benefit from. Of course, it's unfortunate that we don't have that now, right? But I think that it was definitely a lesson for us to know that it can be created again. If we did it, we can do it again. It just takes willing participants and for us to truly understand that we are better operating as a community for each other, right? Versus this crabs in the barrel mentality, right? I I don't want you to make it past me, right? I don't want you to make more money than I can make. It's not about that. It truly is about community and how can we advance our communities together? Because Casey, when you win, I win. When I win, you win. Everyone in our audience, when they win, we still all win. And when we're operating with that mentality, listen, the world is limitless. It is limitless. Period. Period. I, I see the same. I see the same vision in my head, though I didn't touch it. Since I, I, I see it, I see the black grocery stores. I see the black barbers. I see the black dentists. I see the black everything. Right. And, and what's called to me is we just start being twice as good. Even back then, we had to be twice as good. So when folk left, like literally ran from Jim Crow to go to Oklahoma to start a new. They skyrocketed past everybody. They want to tell us that it was the most prominent African-American community in the country. They weren't bombed because they were the most prominent African-American community, cuz. Like, that's what's on the inside of us, right? Right? Like, um, because we are so cold, right? Because we know how to, literally, we are visionaries, right? We've, we've had to be, right? Um, I just see evidence of a people that when they stop asking for permission, right, when they left and, and, and to build their own city and to and to try to control, you know, um, literally protect their borders, right? Not like, oh, I'm going to be passive and, you know, I'm going to turn the other cheek, like, by no. any means necessary type stuff. They literally skyrocketed past everybody, right? Um, and, and, and that's what I see and that's what I know, right? Like, everything Tina just talked about, it makes me happy because the metaverse takes the limits off again. I don't have to go to the bank and say, please, please, please give me $10 to go buy for my sister right here. That's right. What? Please, please, please give me that grant money so that I can talk to this sis I met in the summit and be able to pay. What? Like, <laughs> like digital spaces uh, breaks the barriers down for the candle makers, for the, for the podcast hosts, for the everythings. And um, it makes my, it makes my heart happy. Um, so with that, I think now it's relevant to tell folks who we are, sis, because um, uh, that's dope. I don't meet many Black women who have the same path as me, um, and our paths are similar but very complementary because of the different things we did. Um, I guess I could start uh, this one and then pass it over to you. So um, you all know me as uh, Casey, the founder of Blaze, right, Blaze Group LLC, but I actually spent a decade in corporate America structuring multi-billion dollar loans for tech corporations, billions with a B, right? My largest deal that I structured um, was $110 billion for a hostile takeover for some tech companies, right? For some tech companies. And as dope as it was to talk to those CEOs and CFOs, right? As exhilarating as it was to literally 
help the unicorns get to where they where they are, right? Nobody on the deal teams ever looked like me. I'm talking about never even a black person. So it was very clear to me that the knowledge wasn't getting to the streets. How could it? Nobody got it but me, right? And maybe every three years I'm somebody <laughs> that's at that level too, right? Um, and then we definitely weren't getting loans on the other end, right? So and all of the people, the the founders, uh, the Silicon Valley folk, the, the folk who dropped out of college, let me be very, very clear, the folks who did not follow the rules, right? The folks who had not made any money, were still cash flow negative, and were going to continue to be negative in their operations for years, Uber included, right? We still gave them money, but not us. Um, so I quite literally, and I told them this when I left, you know, I was the vice president when I left, I quite literally balanced to take the knowledge to the streets, to my people, in terms that we understand, using examples that are relevant to us, right? And founded on principles that teach us to put ourselves first, especially black women. No longer last wrong on the ladder, no longer step on my back because I hold you up. No longer even believing that scarcity exists because it did exist when you could be the only black woman, you know, structuring multi-billion deals, but that you don't, that shit don't exist outside of those doors. <laughs> scarcity does not exist. So uh, that is who I am. That is why I'm so passionate still about the finance space. Um, and while Lindsay and I are constructing some super, super dope stuff that's going to snatch people, bump the, bump the edges, it's going to knock heads off because... Uh, I, I'm excited about that, but on the continent today, I actually uh, have created a um, with 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 co a company called Hello Tractor. Um, they are a tech company. I came in last March and, March and constructed a product to be able to give forty thousand dollar tractors to farmers who never ever had a bank account. Why? Because it's not their fault that the bank didn't make a building in their village. It's not their fault that the bank chose not to put a billboard over there. It's not their fault that the bank has deemed them unworthy. And because you don't have a relationship with us, you can't get it. So we built it. Uh, over a million dollars is already deployed in Kenya and Nigeria. We got another three million that we are issuing out in the next 30 days. It is possible without permission, without permission. They literally said, how can we find somebody that's radical enough to give big loans to people who don't have credit and literally somebody who knew me from the banking world that i literally told i'm about to go help my people they said oh casey richardson it literally happened like that and the next morning i was on a zoom call with the ceo and the coo that's how we have to move ladies just take up space and how you move in this environment simulates how you move out there this is real stuff i literally just started blaze in december 2020 i literally just came to africa in february 2021 i literally just created the product i'm talking about in march 2021 and it is june 2022 and over a million dollars has been deployed with that product okay all right that's me that's who i am um and that's the lens i bring to this this phenomenal project podcast and all the other things you sis Listen, first of all, I just want me included and everybody in the chat to really show you some love, Casey, because what you have done thus far, even since leaving the banking industry, has been amazing. You have literally touched lives on multiple continents. You are a global presence already, and you're only getting better. This is, this is literally just the beginning. You are still less than two years in business. This program that you created with this tech firm in Africa is only a little over a year old. Sis, you are just getting started, okay? Your time in the banking industry was merely just preparation for where you're going now. 
I hope you believe that. I hope you receive that, okay? This is just the beginning. Like my sister Casey, I too started in the banking industry. So my name is Lindsay Peel. I'm the founder and principal consultant at Kingdom Vision Consulting. And my space, I, I started in the industry, honestly, um, I bumped into it, right? I always said that God must have had a bigger plan for me that I didn't know about. I was looking for an internship in the media space as a broadcast journalism major, and I found a part-time teller job instead. I said, Lindsay, are we going to struggle to find an internship that might not be paid, or are we going to take this opportunity to make some money but also have some benefits, right? This is an opportunity as a college student to go ahead and start that 401k, to go ahead and start learning about financial literacy, because just like many of you, we didn't have a lot of financial conversations at the dinner table, right? So I also saw this as an opportunity for me to kind of elevate myself as a college student still. At the time, I was working two jobs. I was a valet. I was a concierge on the weekend. So I was about the hustle already. Started as a part-time teller, I absolutely loved what I did. Most importantly, I loved my team. I was surrounded by a team full of Black and Brown people who were about finance and educating our community. We, in our, at our branch, right down the street from Howard University, um, we educated so many families, business owners, about finance from the basics to budgeting to building your credit. And I love the impact that I saw that my team made. After graduating in 2016, I stayed in the banking industry and I received promotions every year. Up until the year 2020, I was a branch manager for two locations in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was laid off at the end of the year due to a large bank merger, but also during the COVID and a number of layoffs. At that time, I was completely devastated because I had pretty much built my life at that point within the banking space. But what I didn't know was that it was me who was doing the work and my heart and my passion. The institution just gave me the information. So after being laid off my job, we created my company where we focus on five key areas of finance, specifically for black and brown entrepreneurs. And less than two years later, here we are and recently named the SBA Financial Services Champion of the Year for the state of Maryland. So super grateful, super excited, and just blessed to be. The SBA, y'all. Do y'all hear that? Like, literally the Small Business Administration of the United States. Her. Okay, I'm, go ahead. Um, it's been a blessing. And for me, what I when I thought I lost it all, I was gaining so much more. Um, and I noticed that God needed to take me through a season of isolation. He needed to show me that I needed to depend on him and not the institution. And once I started to understand my worth, my value, what I possessed, but also the God that I serve and he would never lead me astray, I was able to build that confidence to walk, to walk in my purpose. And here we are today simply from just having faith, believing in yourself, and having a bigger heart to serve our community. So super excited for the work that we are going to continue to do together, Casey. Super dope. And y'all, like, if I could if I could tell you anything, and I'm, I'm li we're literally talking about, like, stuff that, that history is made of. If I can tell you anything, it is let go. I left my company in October 2020 by choice. Without a plan, I said, I said, I love my people so much 
that I'll bet on us any day of the week. I'm about to cry. I'll bet on us any day of the week. I didn't have a plan, but I knew we deserved something with urgency. Lizzie was laid off in October 2020. I didn't know her. I didn't know her. All I knew was I had to walk. And all she had, well, all she knew was that she had to keep on going. Shawty created a business. We both started entrepreneurship literally in the same month, two different parts of the country. And then by the time we met, I was across the world because I had to let go. I had to just follow this thing in here. And we still came together. And I and I mean it when I say it. I don't anybody that know me, listen, I don't gas folk up. I don't, you know, and I love you now, but I ain't gonna lie to you. Literally have never met another person as cold and banking ever in my life. And I've met people all around the world. She's good, y'all. She is good, y'all. And in this space, and I'm I'm, I'm speaking to y'all at the same time. In this space, there are no limits. We're not waiting for a promotion. We're not working three times as hard as our boss and training our boss on how to do their jobs. Yeah, I said it. In this space, right, combining what Tina is talking about, combining the manifestation that Dr. Makita talked about today, combining the intention that Akia talked about today, taking the radical approach <laughs> of embracing all of your experiences, trauma, et cetera, that Sharon talked about today. That's how you do it, right? Um, super dope, sis, super dope. Uh, okay, so uh, now they know what the inspiration behind the project is. And, 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 and literally, y'all, we are literally in the trenches. We're talking to lawyers. We're figuring out the business. Plan. Like, literally, we're going to document the entire journey because scarcity for what? Like, like if we can document the call and pass it on, we're doing that. Like literally live via podcast, we're gonna do that. Um, but I do want to unpack a few things, right? And, and this is where audience, y'all definitely drop some questions in the chat, right? Because we are equipped to 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 go there with y'all, right? So because Lindsay and I were behind the curtain, right? We know how banking is, right? Which is the source of capital. Right, it's a source of livelihood and homes and sending babies to college, right? Um, and we know the the infrastructure that that existed does not serve us, you know. Um, and I think I think it would be important for us to disseminate that information, right? Um, to empower you all, one to know the game, right? To really understand the game. And so, whatever questions you have, drop them in the chat. We'll answer it. It's the first episode of the podcast, so you know this part of the journey, the documented journey. Um, but two, I think it's important, too, for us, Lindsay, to um, talk about how we might see things being different. Because I, I honestly don't believe that the, the errors in banking today mean doomsday for us. It just means we got to create it. You know, we got to fix it, you know. Um, so, Lindsay, I mean, you can start. What like what are some of the things in banking um, that you saw that that discriminated against our people? Like which things served as a disservice? For us, even if we don't realize it um, in our everyday life. Um, so first, I'm going to ask you guys to please be very patient with me. I might mute to cough every now and then. I'm fighting through COVID, but we are still here anyway, right? Because we show up and do the work that we're supposed to do. Um, because I worked boots on the ground. So I was in the retail banking space. So starting as that part-time teller where I'm literally taking care of those transactions. One, I noticed that in a lot of branches and a lot of those retail banking spaces, there wasn't really a, 
they didn't create a safe space for us to even feel like we can come and learn because the banking institution, one, they have the resources. They have a lot of pamphlets and brochures that realistically has a lot of great information that we can take advantage of. However, if we don't feel comfortable, if we don't feel safe, if we don't feel like we can trust the people inside of the institution, we are not going to tap into those resources. So one thing that our branches did that was so different was that we made our clients feel like family. And once you feel like family, once you feel like you can trust those people within those four walls of that banking institution, then you feel a little bit more comfortable asking questions, right? So that's one issue, right? That's, that's basic, right? Not enough branches, not enough banks are making their clients feel comfortable and safe in asking questions and being educated, right? <clears throat> but another thing too is that we didn't see enough representation within our communities. When you are working inside of a branch location, you do not have to just be stuck in that location. Most people don't know this in the community, but those branch managers, those specialized bankers, they have access and typically have permission to go out into the community. They can go and meet up with the local chambers of commerce. They can go to the different school districts. They can go to the women's business centers and provide information that, that allows you to, to allows them to gain visibility so that you, as a community member, when you see that banker out there at the community event, that makes you feel like that they have a deeper heart to serve you in a different way. It's not just about coming to my branch, let me sell you this product or service, right? So they didn't do enough community outreach, which was why when I was in the banking space, I made sure that if my calendar could stand it, I was at every community event because it's so important for us to see bankers, branch managers out in the communities, in the places where we frequent, because it is so important for you to, to, to gain that additional level of trust, that additional layer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another thing that was problematic is that when we did have an opportunity to sit down with a client, we would try to sell too many products versus providing educational information. Right. A lot of times, most most of you guys, I'm sure you've experienced it when you walk into a bank, they're instantly trying to sell you the newest credit card or the new personal loan or a line of credit. Right. They were too salesy. That is very unattractive, especially to black and brown people like us who already don't have a lot of financial information because within, within we feel like you're not being genuine. And a lot of times that could be true in some cases. So we had a lot of bankers who were just focused on making their sales. But the flip side of that is a lot of them were trying to feed their families. The more you make in sales, the bigger your bonuses. Which created, you know, a double-edged sword for a lot of people in that space. However, when you think about what the community needs, the community needs more education. Um, of course, every type of interaction that you do in whatever role that you're serving in in the banking space, um, they keep track of that, right? 
I remember as a branch manager, I had um, a regional president mention that I had a lot of activity, but I didn't necessarily ha have a lot of closings happening, right? And my response was that I am meeting and interacting with a lot of people, but a lot of them can't even qualify for this loan. So no, I'm not going to put in an application just to fulfill this quota of submitting an application, right? Because the submissions are tracked too, right? Yes, we want them to close, but they also want you just putting in applications because it's a numbers game, right? That wasn't me. I had clients coming in to have conversations who needed to learn. And I, I learned that your credit score is a 600. And I know that underwriting isn't going to approve anything below a 695. I want to educate you. How can we help you build your credit? How can we support you so that in six to nine months, you may be ready for this particular loan, right? But you also have to, you have to engage with those people in the bank who are <laughs> excuse me, not just representatives, but who have a heart for the work because it's, 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 it's very, um, it's a very interesting game, right? Working in the banking space, because a lot of times when you become sold to just the opportunity to work at the bank, then you're, you're looking to fulfill what they need you to fulfill. And a lot of times it does not align with what the community need, with what your people need, right? So those were just three things that I can name off the top of my head that were issues in the banking space. They didn't make their clients feel comfortable in learning, right? So then you had more clients who, who were in poor financial situations but didn't feel comfortable asking for help. You had too many salesmen, right, trying to close sales versus trying to educate. You also didn't have enough representation inside of the actual communities that we serve to help build that layer of trust. The list goes on, but those are just three, especially from being boots on the ground, working directly with the clients. That's so important, Lizzie. And, you know, I want you all digest this. And I see that the Q&A is, is lighting up. So that's good. We're going to get to those. Digest this, but mirror this as well. Right. Because as black people, as black women, we have a responsibility not to get out here and regurgitate the stuff that we saw before. Right. Not to get out here and study the corporate systems and do it the same way so that we can be impressive when we go inside of the bank. Right. Um, to ask for some stuff. We have a responsibility to tear it down. Right. To dismantle every single thing that does not serve us the right way. Right and rebuild something that really does edify us, right? And know that you don't need permission for that stuff. This summit, I mean, child, I'm not about to play jazz music, like an intercom in the elevator for us. That don't resonate, come on now, like, you know, right? But it hit somewhere, right? When I came to Africa and I was designing a loan, guess what? Folks don't exchange email addresses and buy products. So what was I gonna do? Only serve the people who did? No. Casey got on the bus. I'm not playing with y'all. Casey got on the bus and I would take 12 and 16 hour journeys to be with the people, to look around and understand how they communicate. Well, if you don't do email, what do you do? And what I learned was you got to go to their villages. You got to go to their house. You got to go to their doorstep. You got to eat their food. You got to ask them. And, and that's how I gained the respect of the people. Literally standing up and giving me ovations because then they would say, these white people come. Literally, this is what they say. This is important, right? And they, and they just want to sell to us and we don't trust them. They don't, you know, whatever, right? You cannot, y'all, even if it's never been done before, 
you cannot regurgitate old systems because uh, Audre Lorde said the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. So visionaries, if you know that something don't fit right, something don't feel right for you, it ain't gonna feel right for your people either. You have this your permission slip to tear it down and rebuild up something lasting for us. Cause it will work. We got the Webby on the ring first time bootstrapping this thing. We ain't never did no something before, but it did something for us. That impact was undeniable, right? So we are talking about these things, but I want you, I want this to be a mirror to you all so that you ask yourself these same questions. Cause clearly what Lindsay and I are building, it ain't gonna look nothing like that, okay? Okay. Um, I, I agree with those, Lindsay, and, and you know, from my lens, and I'll, I'll remind people, right, so I was, versus being on the retail space, I was talking to the people who were making $2 billion a year, et cetera, right? But the trip part was, okay, so dealing with the people who made $2 billion a year, y'all, I'm talking about, I'm talking about because they know somebody, they're front of the line. Not they did, they checked all the boxes, they met all our requirements, Literally, I'm watching, I'm watching my people break their backs, literally, doing everything they tell us to do on paper. Everything, ooh, I could cry. Everything they told us we needed to, to do to be better and, 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 and to be deemed as worthy. And folk were coming in just because they knew somebody, right? Getting loads of cash. And then, and then something happened, but I thank God for this. Somebody said this earlier. Um kind of like your whatever was a promotion, right? Then we got to the point where we saw that Ubers was growing real fast. Uber wasn't making no money. Back when the pandemic hit, they still was cash flow negative. Meaning, I need you to see ourselves in this, meaning the money Uber spent was more than the money they made, okay? But they getting big, okay, yeah. So we got this idea to start banking the people who were losing money, the Airbnbs, the Pinterest, the Ubers, literally, right? And we had to figure out how to make the loans work. So hold up, hold up, hold up. You telling me, you telling this black woman here, not only do y'all get to come to the front of the line because you know somebody, but you can be losing millions of dollars a year and you still get millions of dollars? Oh, okay. I'll learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll make some stuff up. You know what I did? I took that knowledge to the streets. That is why this loan is working so well in Africa. Because I took that same knowledge, that the same creativity I used to make that stuff work over there for us. And I'm talking about they pay back more than they owe every time. Because they're like, oh, you give me a shot? I ain't going to blow this. Right? So let this be a mirror to y'all right digital black wall street is yes it's about finance but it's literally about the grocery stores it's literally about the community farms it's literally about the barbershops it's literally about the teachers it's literally about the bankers right um super dope all right i'm gonna get to the 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 questions Lindsay. i'm gonna throw the first one on the stage so Aaliyah, what up Aaliyah? Aaliyah says how do we begin to walk into that space knowing they are not designed? Come on, sis. Talk that talk. Y'all speaking with, with, from y'all chest. Uh, knowing they are not designed for us after we are so far behind the financial literacy curve. You, you want to start on that one to me? I will. Um, one thing that I would say, Aaliyah, is to start um, close to home and not your physical home, right? But start cl what's close to home to you. If you have other business owners that speak highly of their institution, 
And specifically, if they have a business banker or a personal banker that they speak highly of, who they have gotten um, a chance to know and understand, start there. Ask for those direct referrals. A lot of times you get much, much, much better results through direct referrals from people who operate in similar spaces as you versus just walking into any banking institution. Because I promise you, you walk into just any branch you're going to find your basic Sam or Joe who may or may not be as willing to provide you with the assistance that you need. However, if you have a referral that you are working with, then obviously there is something about them that your colleague or your family member like, right? There's something about them that has seemed to be beneficial. Um, I was, um, as a banker, and still am a member of a number of chambers of commerce, you find a lot of community-oriented bankers sometimes within those spaces. And be mindful, right? Be mindful of the ones who just show up to provide their information in the chat box or if they're showing up to also provide information to the chamber, right? So that you can use, right? So that's what I mean by starting close to home, starting from those direct referrals, and also, don't be afraid to interview bankers, right? Don't be afraid to vet people out. Go to a few locations. If you don't have someone who can provide a referral, go to a few locations. Ask them questions. You want to know what they know and also how can they benefit you? A, a magic question that I like to tell people to ask is, what community organizations are you a part of? I don't want a banker. I, I would not touch a banker who doesn't do anything in the community where they literally are just at their job nine to five and that's it. That's not the banker for me, right? I want I want a banker who is planted in the community, even if they're not a member of a chamber of commerce. Are you supporting some local entrepreneurship program, some type of innovator, right? Are you a part of a community, right, where you are also providing a, 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 a level of service, right, to other organizations? That's how you know people who are actually about it, about it versus people who are just there for a check, because sometimes it's hard to decipher. That's good, Lindsay. That's good. And I want all of y'all to know that if you have a business checking account, which you should, you have a business banker. Now, they might not, they may not have introduced themselves. You call that bank and you say, hey, I would like to be put in touch with my business banker. Say it with your chest now. Yeah. And they have somebody for you. Okay. Because when I talk about these people that skip the line, it's these people that know that they have, they are entitled and, and everybody is. Only certain people know to somebody who they can ask questions of for no fee. Right. To ask for information for no fee to say, what do I need to do to get here for no fee. Right. So black women, if you have a business checking account, you have a business banker, tell them to connect you with them and y'all build a relationship. Um, that's good. And, and I agree with everything. Yeah, Micah. Yeah. You if you have a business checking account, you have a business banker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100 percent. Um, I, I echo everything Lindsay said. And I would say uh, as well which is exactly what you said, safe spaces over everything, y'all. Safe spaces over everything. Don't you dare crawl through nooks and crannies and suffocating spaces that wasn't designed for you. Safe spaces over everything. You deserve that. That's birthright stuff. You don't got to earn that. That's birthright stuff. I don't care how jacked up your credit score is. I don't care how low your savings account is, how negative it is. That's right. Safe spaces over everything. 
So what I need you to understand is there are more funding options outside of the bank. Literally today, literally today, Kiva.org is here. I have a partnership with them because they for real about it. When I say build, uh, build and leave and accept zero excuses, any, any, the only way people come on our turf is they, if they're really capable hard for black women. I protect us so much because we deserve that. Kiva gives interest-free loans to people with no minimum credit score. Interest-free, zero, zero, zero fee, right? Banks are not the only folks out here, right? So uh, just understand that bootstrapping, I want you to understand this. Bootstrapping involves more than depleting your savings. Bootstrapping involves crowdfunding. There's a, write this down if you don't know about it. I fund women. I fund women. You literally can set up a crowdfunding campaign and you put your information about your business. It's pitching. Y'all need to get in the reps of pitching where you're talking about your business, talking about the impact, getting them reps. You, you, you need to do that, founders. And people give you money and you don't got to pay it back on iPhone Women. And then iPhone Women has a group called iPhone Women of Color. I'm in it. It's a whole bunch of black sisters. And we meet every week and we just talk about anything. Girl, how did that last thing go? A girl, what you doing in your business? Bootstrapping involves more than, you know, uh, these scarce things you penny pension with, right? It involves tapping on your family. It involves, you know, deciding, I believe my company is worth this. You know, I'm willing to give 5% equity ownership in it. If you, like, yeah, you know, it, it involves grant competitions where literally you apply and you don't give the money back. You just apply. And the most of it is copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. If you don't get you a Google document and paste and all the answers you ever did, baby, by the time you hit the sixth grant application, it's copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, right? There are pitch competitions. Where you literally go and pitch your business and people give money. Bootstrapping involves more okay, than just, you know, scraping that at your savings account, right? And it's not either or, it's, it's and. Do all the things. Why not? The grant people are not going to ask who else you shopping with. Aquan women are going to ask, did you, did you win a pitch competition last week? Do all the things. Do all the things. Um, really good, really, really good question. Um. Aaliyah, and I would say, yeah, like lean lean in with the people that's really capable for you. You don't, girl, you don't gotta go through that foolishness because you're gonna. I'm, I'm telling you, once you catch up, sis, you're gonna be like, he's ahead. Like <laughs> that's just how we've had to move. Um, super dope. Let me put another one on the stage. My girl Asia, she said, since most of us do not start with a bucket of money, how does one determine what to invest in first? You wanna go, Linda? I would say start with what is a priority to you. And sometimes this takes a number of conversations. Um, if, you're ha if you have a spouse, if you have a family, then a lot of times you can't just make that decision on your own. Start with the family conversation. Where do you want to see yourself in the next six to 12 months? But also, where do you want to see yourself in the next five to 10 years? What type of return are you looking from from that particular investment? And where do you want to go with it? Um, even when it comes to like investing in the stock market, people have tons of questions about that because we a lot of us don't come from trust funds, right? We're not trust fund babies, but we're creating them, right? We were not them, but we are creating them. Start with what's comfortable, with what's feasible for you. 
the biggest thing though is making sure that you are understanding where your money is going, right? I always say start from the absolute basic space, right? Of creating your standard budget so that you know where your money is going, where are you bringing in money so that you can understand what flexibility you have to use with that funding, right? But also when it comes to what to invest in, you want to think about certain investments um, in a way that is comfortable for the now, but that will create the largest return tomorrow or the next day or the next month, right? And I always say, don't invest what you can't afford to lose. Don't invest what you can't afford to lose. Just like some businesses fail, some investments aren't going to always prosper, right? Some of them are not going to always grow. That is okay. That does not mean that you invested in the wrong thing. That just means that that was a different type of investment, right? But you have to make sure that whatever you are willing to invest, that it's not going to be your mortgage money or your food money for the next month or the next two months. Make sure that you're in a position where if that investment lost value tomorrow, you'd be okay. Ashe, Ashe, that's so good. Um, and I agree, like, it's not a cookie cutter solution, right? You think about, you know, like Lindsay is saying, like, what, what are your priorities? I'll give an example, right? For somebody who just had a baby, right? It would be a great time to start putting a little bit aside into these tax advantage, um, you know, brokerage accounts where you can put a little bit of money in, you're going to save a lot on taxes, et cetera, but you have 18 years, right? To let that grow. And so for somebody like that, investing in that versus tech stock, if they have a limited amount of funds, might be the best thing to do, right? It depends on your situation. Uh, I'll give another example. The People are saying a recession is coming. Y'all, a recession is here, Okay. I need y'all to get comfortable with that. Sit in that. Feel that. A recession is here. 0809 was a recession. That is what is here. Okay. And as business owners, you are going to, so long as you survive, right? And we're here to make sure you survive for real. Um, you are going to experience recessions, right? Um, but one thing that people can choose to do, and, and, and it's not a bad idea, is buy low in the recessions, right? If you know that all the stocks are going down right now, right, and you didn't have money to buy the stock when I was at 200, but you know this amazing company is going to survive the recession and it's going to go back up, even if it's in 10 years, and you have 10 years to wait, a recession might be a good time for you if you're not worried about investing in other things, if that's not a big priority, to buy low and say, I'm going to sit on this and ride it out, right? Um, somebody told you that the 401k, we bankers now, somebody told you that putting all your money in the 401k is the way to go so that the bank can take your money and loan it with somebody, uh-huh, so that you don't make the same return out here somewhere else, right? Um but you you literally do have options. So I would, yeah, like Lindsay is saying, like think about what's what's priority right now. Um, think about whether you want fast cash or or long, you know, long money, right? Uh, for some people, it might be, hey, I'm gonna invest in a small business because I believe in a year, right? I can get 1.5 x what I put in, right? People do that all, that all the time with tech companies. Right. Because with tech companies, like you're not buying equipment and shipping it out. Like literally you paying somebody to do some code and that thing can split to a million different users 
without anybody lifting a finger. So that means the growth of that is just fast. It's just faster than the person that's making the, I don't know, the shoelaces, right? Um, so yeah, just take a step back. Think about what your priorities are. You don't have to get it perfectly right, right? Um, but yeah, think about whether you can wait a while, right? If you can wait a while, decide to do something that's a long game. If you want some quick money, there are ways to make some quick money. Literally, um, there's this thing called peer-to-peer -peer lending. Google that, right? People literally go on and they lend somebody $20 to get $22 back in a month. They lend people $200. To, like, that is investing. That literally is investing your money. You are, Instead of letting it sit in the bank account, getting zero interest, you're putting it to work for a return, right? Um, super dope. All right, I think it's one more. Oh, oh, y'all heating it up. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let me bring another one on the stage, Lindsay. So uh, Francesca said, Francesca, you so nice. I'm enjoying your comments in the chat. Um, she said, when I had a job, when I had the job, I didn't have the credit score. Now I have the credit score and no job. Business is moving, but slow. This is good. A good, a good question. What do you do in a case like that? You, I, good, yeah, good. Um, I will definitely, in this particular case, I would look into alternative lending, right? Because walking into a banking institution and business is slow and you don't necessarily have supplemental funds coming from a W-2 job to help your business, then you may want to tap into organizations like CDFIs. These are community development financial institutions where they are nonprofit entities that where their goal is to provide funding to a lot of our businesses who might not be able to get traditional capital through the bank. The big thing is that they are typically funded by these large institutions to do on the ground community lending. And a big part of CDFIs, their goal is to not only provide funding, but also to provide technical assistance. So a lot of times if you're willing to go through the technical assistance that they may provide, then a lot of times they will be willing to grant you the funding. The biggest thing is to have a plan for your business. Although business is moving slow, do you have a business plan? Do you have uh, a workaround to increase business that cash flow? That helps to tell your story to them when they're reviewing your overall case profile. Man, I could throw my shoe right now. And so y'all know, let me tell y'all, because Liam say a lot of people in the chat don't understand my twang. And whenever I start twanging like this, I literally love what I'm talking about. It's like I'm talking to my daddy or something on the phone. Okay. Um, that is good, y'all, because when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. When you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Right. When you go to apply for the grant, because they're starting to do this now, FYI, and they say, give us the details of where you have your, your business checking account and you don't have the business checking account. Well, why? Like, what were you doing for the last 16 months? Sis? Like, like, literally, why? Like, why? Right. When they say, OK, provide your EIN number and you don't have the EIN number, well, why? What were you doing for the last 16 months, right? Stay ready so that you, so that you don't have to get ready. Literally write the business plan. Literally, it's your business. Write the business plan so that when you meet a, a person who wants to collaborate with you and invest in you in the metaverse, you're not having to scramble to be able to 
provide the synopsis of your business, right? When you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um, so stay ready, right? Like the beauty is you do it one time. Like even if it's painful to get the checking account, like you get it one time. If it's painful to get the EIN, you do it one time. If it's painful to write it, like y'all, y'all got me, right? Um, yeah, and I would say, I don't know how 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 early you are into <clears throat> entrepreneurship, Francesca, but baby, the, the best time to apply for it is about credit cards, not loans, because credit cards, let me explain this, and y'all know this, but I gotta, we gotta think about this, right? Credit cards, you don't go into the bank. What happens? You apply online and, and it's an instant approval. They did not ask you what you've been doing for the last six months. Come on, somebody. We was talking to the early entrepreneurs, right? They did not ask you what's the balance in the checking account. Like literally, it is an instant approval. So they're grabbing on whatever data is out there as of whatever day. And it wasn't this morning, okay? So as you start entrepreneurship, again, I'm not talking about loans. I'm talking about credit cards. That is liquidity, right? If you know that you can buy some candle wax today and you sell it next week and you're going to make it back, you can buy it on the credit card, make your money back, pay it off, right? This is liquidity, right? If you're at the beginning of entrepreneurship and your credit score is good, baby, get, get the business funding today, right? Because as of whatever date they're looking at, it is not this morning, okay? They, they literally have no idea that you left. Okay. Now maybe two years down the road they'll know because it's some, you know, it's some new trends going on and the instant decision is different, right? But a credit card is different from <clears throat> the loan because you're not submitting paperwork. You're not, you know, providing business plans and not et cetera. So just take advantage of that um at the beginning of entrepreneurship because it sounds like that's where you are. Okay. Let me let me go with here. Putting an emphasis on those applications accepting stated income stated income you do what you want to do with that but they're going by stated income mm -hmm. let it marinate all right so let me do i see the hearts i see y'all y'all catching what's meant to be caught okay so <clears throat> i'm going to show this on stage this is a good one um dj did i say your name right mama sisa so beautiful uh, she asks, are credit unions generally better than traditional banks? Man, okay, I'm going to answer first on this one, Lindsay. No, go ahead. I think we might have different opinions. I don't know. I say it depends, right? Um, it depends on what you're looking for to classify as better. So some of the big things that you have to think about when you, when you weigh the option between a credit union and a bank is accessibility. How accessible is this institution to you? Most banks, you can find them on every other corner from one town to the next town. A lot of times, your credit unions, they might be 30 miles away from you, or you might not even have one in your state of that particular credit union, right? So you have to depend on, does location matter to you? Is that important? You also want to think about things like technology. A lot of credit unions... Their technology isn't as savvy or as up to date as your traditional banking institutions, right? My bank, a lot of times my banking institutions, their apps are updated more frequently. They are user friendly. They're very easy to navigate where one of my credit unions just got an app maybe two years ago and it's still a little slow in development, right? There's still a lot of things that I can't quite do yet. 
So when we when we say better, it really depends on what you're looking for. <clears throat> now the plus side when we think about credit unions is that they are nonprofit organizations a lot of times where they're focusing on their members and the education of their members versus making sales. So it just depends. Yeah. Um I agree with everything once I said, but it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. But I'll tell you why. It is exactly what Lindsay is saying. It depends on what you need. So for Casey, I came to Africa, okay? <laughs> the credit, the, the credit union can't keep up with me, right? I need the app because I'm not about to make these long distance phone calls waiting on the phone for an hour. That's that's $200, you know, right? Um, I need to be able to maybe, you know, at times to get a different currency, right? And to be, you know, so I need the sophistication. So think about, but but when I started my business, scale was the number one thing for me. I knew from the beginning, and I think more black women should think this way, okay? I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be a household name. I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be able to serve millions of people without trading time for money, right? I knew I wanted to be able to, even no matter how long I wanted to take, right? I knew that eventually I wanted to be able to have a global presence, et cetera, right? So the credit union was a no for me, right? I, I need you to have a digital presence. I need to be able to wire this, that, boot, buy, all of this stuff, right? Um, I, before that, I wanted to travel a lot. And credit unions, you get to, you know, Fiji, literal story, uh, one of my friends went through. And it, you can't get your money out. What are you? You can't get the money out, right? Now, when I was in college, right, because I think credit unions are great for individuals, 100%. The, low, the interest rates are lower, honey. I literally, I don't even know how long I was in a relationship, y'all. I think I started the account that day. I was in college, y'all, broke, and I was online, okay? And I said, or maybe about to be online. I can't even remember at this point. But I, I gave them a sob story, y'all. I walked in the credit union with no relationship and gave them a sob story. And that black man said, you know, uh, what's up, fam? You, you about to be, you know, my sister, he's an alpha. And that man gave me that loan, y'all. <laughs> That man gave me that loan. Now, you're not going to go into a big institution and do that, right? But that's the beauty of the credit union. They are truly community banks. They really do care about your sob story. Whereas these bigger institutions, it is very transactional. If the numbers do not look good, if the math is not mathing, the answer is no, right? Um, so yeah, I agree. Really big trade-off. Um, different seasons of my life, you know, different, different choices. Um, I will say, though, you should have both. In my opinion, you should have both. I don't say either or, I have both. Because they serve you in different ways for different seasons. I love that, actually, because it's not either or, it's and. I love that. Like, it's not taking anything away from you, like, at all, right? Um, I, I actually love, 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 love that. Um, now I'm at a point where I'm thinking about getting a local, uh, I mean, I have, I'm going to have to at this point, get a local thing, and I actually might do... Um, I didn't even think about that until we started saying this, but a, a, a smaller institution to get, you know, some advantages on fees and stuff like that, because I have so many like foreign exchange type things going on. So that's good. It's not either or, it's and. I actually saw a comment in the chat before I get to the next question. Y'all bear with me that I want to put on stage because it was good. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> this is good. This is from Aaliyah. I think we heard from Aaliyah before. I'm going to flash this really quickly. Um, Aaliyah asks, what if you don't know how to write a business plan? I don't have anyone to teach me that. So I'll, I can, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, 
there are a number of uh, free resources, honestly, Google, go on YouTube, but also tapping into programs like SCORE, which is a technical assistance provider for small businesses, small business owners, and they're completely free. They're sponsored by um, the US SBA's office. And a lot of times your mentors um, are retirees from entrepreneurship space. Um, they are typically former executives who can give you that one-on-one -on -one assistance in doing that. But also SCORE will start you off. I think they have about two or three different templates that you can literally use to fill in the blank where they're asking you questions and you can fill in the blank to the answers that will create your ultimate business plan. Don't overcomplicate it. Super dope. Gems. All right, y'all. So we're at the top of the hour. We have to move on to the next uh, session, which, which is performative equity and inclusion from Zaria Cameron. Uh, I loved it. And y'all, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her do her thing. But just know, y'all are the leaders now. So the same way we were looking at the people, you know, who were, you know, uh, doing PR moves, the same way the streets are going to be looking at you. I already do today. So please tap into this. This is important. Um, thank you, Lindsay. I love you, mama. I love you too, sis. I appreciate you. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for your patience. I'm looking forward to, to serving you guys in many more aspects. Uh, all right, y'all. We'll see you on the other side. I'll talk to you soon, Lindsay. We build it, sis. We build it, sis. I love you. Love you, too. Bye, y'all. Y'all be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's Digital Black Wall Street. Follow us on TikTok and Twitter at Digital Black WS.